0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this Sunday. I know you're always very welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. As we've now come to the second Sunday in Lent, it is Reminiscere Sunday, and that Latin word means remember, which, of course, those uh, words that we have in the Latin, uh, when we do have them for the different penitential seasons of Advent and Lent... They capture the first word or words of the introit. And so this day we'll pray, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. And the reason why we pray this is because we're asking God to remember his goodness, his promises, his mercy to us. Because sometimes, well, it feels like the Lord is against us, but he wants us to hold him to his word. And so having said that, I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have a summary of our readings for this day. Jacob wrestled with God. He would not let him go until he received a blessing from him. So it was with the Canaanite woman. Though Jesus seemed to ignore and reject her, she continued to call upon his name and look to him for help. Even when the Lord called her a little dog, she held on to him in faith and would not let him wriggle out of his words, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This Gentile woman shows herself to be a true Israelite who struggles with God and man in Christ and prevails. O woman, great is your faith, be it done for you as you desire. This is the sanctifying will of God, to test your faith in order that it may be refined and strengthened. For tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, character hope, and hope in Christ does not disappoint. Our service this day is divine service setting one. We do have the great joy of receiving the Lord's body and blood this day. And so as we come holding on to the Lord's promises, we hold all the more to all of what his word teaches. And so as we come in one common confession to the altar this day, as he bids us to do to receive his body and blood. I ask that all those communing be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in one true common confession of the faith, not just concerning the supper, but of all that our Lord teaches us in His Word. As I had mentioned, it's Divine Service Setting 1 this day. As it begins on page 151, we now sing our first hymn. O God, You see that of ourselves we have no strength, By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 32. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter four. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But he did not answer her a word. That's what St. Matthew faithfully wrote. Jesus was confronted with the desperate need of a Canaanite woman, and at first, he didn't say a thing. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon, She is met with silence from God. Even Jesus' disciples intervene on the woman's behalf, if only because they are annoyed by her presence. They too beg Jesus, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. This is unnerving, and it is unsettling to read and to listen to. It's all the more unsettling to live it yourself. Chances are you've been in this woman's shoes, you have a need. An urgent, desperate need, and so you cry out to God. That is what God's baptized children do. It's what we are told to do by our Heavenly Father and His Word. We need something, so we go to our Father who is in Heaven. But what happens when God is seemingly silent, but He did not answer her a word? Dear saints, what happens when your prayers seem to fall on deaf ears? What happens when you lift up your request to God in fervent hope and in sincere need, and you are left to wait? In the gospel lesson today, the Canaanite woman gives us an example of persevering in faith, holding on to God and to his promises, even when it seems as though God is against you. And what we also see is the tender mercy and goodness of Jesus, our God and Lord, who always keeps his promises. So let's take a deeper look at what St. Matthew records for us as we ask our Heavenly Father to grant us faith like that of the Canaanite woman and also of Jacob, for that matter, and rest in his promises which he has made and he has kept in Christ Jesus. So first, just a little context. Jesus is all the way up in a region called Tyre and Sidon, the name of two cities. This is an area full of pagan unbelievers. It is over 100 miles north of Jerusalem, This is Canaanite country. You know, the people that God's people, Israel, were supposed to eliminate when they came into the promised land. And so why is Jesus here? Jesus is at the point in his ministry where he's no longer as popular as he was. The Pharisees and scribes, they're growing increasingly hostile, as his teaching is obviously against their hypocritical and self-righteous teachings. Not long ago, John the Baptist had been executed by Herod at the request of Herodias' daughter. And also in recent memory for Jesus is his rejection at Nazareth, where we read that they tried to throw him off the brow of the cliff. As our Lord said, a prophet is not welcome, or is welcome except in his hometown. So having been in and around Capernaum and Galilee, kind of his home base area, Jesus now went on from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, we don't know where or when, but this Canaanite woman has heard the prophecies about the Messiah, and she's also heard about Jesus and his works. How do we know this to be true? Well, by her very impressive prayer, which is also a confession of faith. I mean, it's beautiful. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Everything she says about Jesus is profoundly true. He is the Lord, and he is the promised son of David. This is a thoroughly orthodox prayer. Again, it's beautiful. And because he is both the Lord and the promised son of David, it is proper to ask him for mercy. And notice that she's not even praying for herself. She's praying on behalf of her demon-oppressed daughter. So how could Jesus not answer this prayer? And yet... He doesn't at first. And when he does answer her, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is both a rebuke and a test. Jesus points out the obvious. She is not of the house of Israel. She is a Canaanite. She has no right to call upon Israel's promised Messiah. She lives in a pagan land filled with pagan false worship, false teaching and all manner of evil. It's no surprise then that living in a place like this that is so steeped in idolatry that her daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Now she comes right up to Jesus. And he cannot ignore her as she kneels at his feet in humble worship. That's really the meaning of these words. Notice also what she says. There's no fancy titles There's no theological addresses this time, only three words, Lord, help me. Surely now the Lord will show compassion. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Ouch. Christ calls this woman a dog. Now, bear in mind that these words of Jesus are an insult. At this time in history, dogs, they're not cuddly personal companions They're not members of the family. At best, they're working animals. And at worst, well, they're little better than raccoons. Trash pandas today who knock over your garbage cans at night and create a nasty mess for you to clean up the next morning. Jesus addresses this woman as a little dog who would take away the bread of his children. So then how does the woman respond? She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. That's faith. That is faith. And that is what Jesus is looking for and what he found in this woman. Now, notice that she doesn't deny that she is a dog. Okay, Lord, you want to call me a dog? I'll be a dog. I'll be your dog as long as you are my master and my Lord. I don't want to take the children's bread. I simply want to eat the crumbs that fall from your table. I'll eat out of your hand just so long as I am yours. She accepts the rebuke. Even as she clings to Jesus as her master and Lord. And yet this poor woman is so much more than a dog to Jesus. She is one of his beloved children. A beloved daughter of Israel. Then Jesus answered her, A woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Now as a brief side note, this is probably the um, least notable exorcism in the Bible. Jesus is not even in the physical presence of this girl. There's no ceremony. There's no big right. There's no big to do. This is the power of God as he answers the prayer of his children. Let it be done for you as you desire. And somewhere afar off, the demon leaves the girl. She's healed. And so, by her faith, this Canaanite woman reveals that she is a true child of Israel, a daughter of God. It is revealed that she has a place at God's table by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. She doggedly held on to the promises of who the Messiah is and what he came to do. God be praised. Such an example of faith that causes us to pray, O Lord, increase our faith, increase my faith. O Lord, give us such faith that clings to your word and to your promises alone. See, this dear woman is our sister in Christ, and she joins her voice, her confession to ours as we prayed in the introit. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Do not remember the sins of my youth. According to your mercy, the Lord's mercy, remember me for your goodness' sake. Again, for the sake of his goodness. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in the way. Again here, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Dear saints, there are times in life when it seems that God is our adversary and not our Lord and Father. These are times of testing. Testing. And this always draws from us this question, why? Why does he do this? Well, he wants to refine our faith. He wants to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we're not relying on anything else but him because he alone is good. He alone is God. He alone is the source of everything that we need. He wants to refine us. Now, notice. Did you see there? There how the woman's prayer changed as Jesus pressed her. She came to the end of herself. No fancy titles. No theological addresses. Only these words. Lord, help me. She wasn't relying upon anything but God and his promises. She knew God's character from his word and she holds on in faith. And he does the same to us. In fact, the Lord delights in us when we hold him to his word. He wants us to do it. Now, keep in mind, this is not the same thing as, you know, rubbing on a magic lamp and then the genie comes out and grants all your wishes. Not at all. That's not how this works. God is not here to do our bidding. Rather, God has made promises to us. And he wants us to cling in faith to his word, to those promises. The same as a child clings to the leg of his father crying out, You promised, Daddy. And what does God say? You're right, my beloved. I did promise. And I always keep my promises. Like the Canaanite woman, we also wrestle with God. You've experienced times in life where it seems as though God's against you. You know what it is to be knocked down, laid low in the dust, like you just received a gut punch to your soul. And this is when the devil, the world and even our own sinful flesh, they rise up and oppress us with lies. Just like Adam in the garden and Jesus in the wilderness, Satan tempts us. Did God actually say he forgives you? Did God actually say he will never leave you, never forsake you? Did God actually say he loves you and that he will fight for you and strengthen you and comfort you? Where is your God now? It is at times like that when we are just like the Canaanite woman. We speak no fancy words to God. We simply pray, Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy. And thanks be to God the Father, for he has had mercy upon us in his Son, Jesus, the Christ, the promised Messiah. You see, calling upon the Lord for mercy is the theme of this second Sunday in Lent, Reminiscere. The word reminiscere, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, is Latin for remember. It's The first word of the intro, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. In other words, I'm holding you to your word, Lord. And this theme continued right through the gradual as we prayed, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. And God be praised that he does bring us through and out of our distresses. He has considered our afflictions and our troubles. Indeed, Christ Jesus took them upon himself and he bore them to the cross, suffering in his flesh our iniquities. And there he won the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our souls. The Lord to whom we lift up our souls was himself lifted up on the tree of the cross to save us and to redeem us. The Son of God was put to shame before wicked men so that we would never be put to shame before our righteous and holy and loving Father in heaven. The old evil foe, he would have slayed us with his murderous lies, but now he is the one who is mortally wounded, his head crushed under the beautiful feet of Jesus, who is the good news of God in the flesh. The Lord has remembered his mercy and his steadfast love, for he sent his only begotten son, the son of David, to defeat our enemies, and he has, as he has risen in victory over them. He has redeemed you, O Israel, out of all your troubles. Therefore, be at peace, dear saints, for the Lord remembers his mercy for you. Now, as I've mentioned before, it does seem at times that God is our enemy and not our ally. But we need to remember that the Lord tests us just as he did this faithful woman in order to refine and purify our faith. He wants us to, as we have in the catechism, fear, love, and trust in him above all things. Therefore, when it seems like the Lord's turned his back on you, cling to his bare word alone. Hold on to him like Jacob in the wilderness. I will not let you go until you bless me. Cling to him in hope. Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Abba, Father, you promised. That is the cry of faith. That is the cry of children, their prayers. When they're in time of need, they cry out to their Father in faith. And so take heart, people loved by God, for your Father has promised to always hear your prayers, the prayers of His children, and He answers you today with His mercy, His grace, and His love as He feeds you from His table of grace. As it is written in the book of Hebrews, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He promises to answer. It is in His timing and according to His will, which is perhaps the hardest thing for us to accept, but then we just pray all the more that our minds, our hearts, our wills would be conformed to His and that we would cling to Him in faith and in hope. Holding God to His Word. Dear friends in Christ, that is what your Heavenly Father desires of you, His baptized children. He wants you to know His Word and then to doggedly hold to it, He wants you to cling to him in faith no matter the circumstances. Remember that before you ever grabbed hold of him, it was he who first laid hold of you in the waters of holy baptism, claiming you, washing you of your sin, putting his name upon you, making you a child of God, setting you free from death and hell. This is the same God who then comes and seats you at his table and feeds you, his children, the very bread of life. This is our Lord and our God, who will one day come and take us to his eternal paradise. That is his promise to you in Christ, and you can hold him to it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For those in our day who have refused the witness of the Messiah, that the Spirit of God would move them to faith in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church, knit together from all nations, that her unity may be manifest in the faith she confesses, and that the people of God may bear one another's burdens in prayer and in works of mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our fathers in the faith who wrestled with God and suffered after the example of Jacob, Let us give thanks to the Lord. And for our hearts to honor them and emulate their faithful and bold witness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For fathers in our church, that heeding the example of Jacob, they would provide for the welfare of their families and strive with the Lord in prayer until they receive his blessing. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For self-control to flee all immorality that we might show a godly witness in this world and adorn the gospel with a holy life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For hearts to seek the blessing of God and for eyes to see through the afflictions that come also from his hand, that we would recognize the endurance, character, and hope they produce in his children, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who await the healing of the Lord, especially Charlotte Locke. Richard Phillips, Shirley Dover, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that God would hear their cries and grant healing in his appointed season. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune, that God would receive, and would receive us in his mercy and enable us to make a good confession, both of our sin and of him our only Savior, and that though it is not right to give the children's bread to dogs, he would lead us to approach him in faith to eat from our master's table. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Christ Jesus, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome on this second Sunday in Lent. Just a handful of announcements before we continue on with our morning. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship. We're continuing our study of the Apostles' Creed and the explanation of the small catechism. Uh, Pastors' reading group this Tuesday in Liberty. That's at 9.30 in the morning, so that'll have me out of the office for uh, the duration of the morning. Then our midweek Lenten schedule, as you see there, and the handbell choir uh, this Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, Also, uh, I noticed some of you were not able to get a Lenten devotion book this past week. Uh, We had more of those come in the mail this week. You can find them in the back here and also on the glass case there. Uh, Flowers on the altar to the glory of God and remembrance of Bernice White and God's many mercies to her. Uh, And the Trinity Women's uh, group would like you to know that they have a guest speaker coming from Birthline this month. And so uh, all the women of the congregation are invited. That's Thursday, uh, March 16th at 7 p.m. And then, of course, we have our continuing uh, lineup for meals for this midweek Lenten services that we have. Uh, If you'd like to help, please get in touch with any of the ladies listed there. And I believe that brings me to the end of the announcements. Anything I may have missed? Okay, seeing nothing, God's peace be with you as you go forth, holding on to his promises, trusting that they are kept in Christ Jesus and that he answers you, his beloved children, according to his goodwill and timing. I'll greet you at the door.